I think Google's going to be uh, a big player in the space. Again, I actually, I think about it quite often of like, because I've invested in Airbnb a little bit, but what's the impact of that going to be and how much market share can Google actually take from that? And I think, I mean, if anyone can do it, it's going to be Google. Welcome to the Michigan Short-Term Rentals Podcast, the show about buying, optimizing, and managing short-term rentals in the state of Michigan. Get insights and recommendations from vacation rental operators to help take your property to the next level. Are you ready to profit from your short-term rental? Let's get started. Welcome to the Michigan Short-Term Rentals Podcast. My name is Tony Sancato here with my co-host, Jordan Painter. What's up, man? Ramp it up for the new year. We're in the yes. week of Christmas as we're recording this. So, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Had the Keystone uh, Home Group Christmas party on Friday. That was good. Good. Yeah. Had a great time just uh, hanging out at a local restaurant. Spent like three hours chit chatting and eating and just celebrating a, another great year. Yeah. How did how did your year finish up in the, the real estate world? It's been a good year. I'd say it's probably top two or three that I've had in my career. So been been pretty consistent. Agents in the office seems like across the board we're pretty much on par with where where they've been historically. So pretty consistent year overall, I think, for for our, our office. Which is awesome. I mean, the interest rates just really seem to skyrocket this year and I think what was it October when we were trying to sell our our flip there they were at their their peak and they've since come down so what do you think what do you think spring's going to look like Yeah I'm I'm actually a little bit nervous and worried about the the market in Michigan particularly this year my biggest fear was that they were going to drop interest rates before the peak of the the selling season, you know, coming into to first end of first early second quarter and they've already dropped them and so you know, I think we're going to see, we, we've already seen, there's a lot of pent up demand with, with sellers. And, you know, you got somebody that's got two and a half, three percent interest rate on their house and they're thinking about moving and rates are seven. A lot of those people have just decided to stay put. And with, when interest rates come down, those people are going to enter the market. Um, you know, first time home buyers, there's a lot of them that decided to wait for interest rates to come down. And then, you know, we're going to have on top of the people who waited, we're going to have the people who normally just would would cycle into the market on any given year. So I think we're going to have a flood of new buyers and we're still seeing even with high interest rates, we're still seeing multiple offers and prices escalate. So interest rates drop, it's just going to make it even harder to compete in the market. And I think it's going to drive housing prices up substantially in the first and, and second quarter next year in, in Michigan, particularly, it's going to be nuts. So yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? It's nuts. My, my last closing, I had a client, you know, they were $50,000 over asking price on the sale of their house and it was priced high to begin with. And so that's in, that's in, you know, November, which is typically November, December in Michigan market are when we don't typically see as much of that type of overbidding. So spring's going to be bonkers. Yeah. Buckle up. What's up? Buckle up. Yeah, that's wild. Thank you to, we just got another five-star review over on the Spotify podcast. You don't really comment on that. You just click what stars it is. So really appreciate the individual that went over there and gave us a five-star review. If you haven't done so yet, take a minute, head over to Spotify, head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. Five stars are always appreciated. 
And then, you know, just a reminder, we got the Michigan Short-Term Rentals Conference coming up April 18th and 19th. You really are going to want to miss this. There is a lot of great speakers from all over the United States that are coming to Michigan. When we started talking about this particular event, you know, it just seems like if you want to really get the quality speakers that we have coming, it seems like you have to travel to different parts of the country. A lot of times it's like you have to go to either Tennessee or further south. You know, even I see some some pretty good ones in California, but you know, a lot of the short-term rental stuff is in Florida. So we were really excited to be able to bring the lineup to Michigan and hopefully make it a little more cost-effective for people to travel, you know, in-state or potentially even if you're in the Grand Rapids or Kalamazoo area, you can just do a little light travel. You can probably go home and still come back the the next day. So that conference is April 18th and 19th, uh, 1 p.m. on the 18th till 5 p.m. And then we're going to have some networking afterwards. And then from 9 to 4 on the 19th, and that's at the Embassy Suites, downtown Grand Rapids. Again, you're not going to want to miss this, so head over to the Mich- the site, michiganstrconference.com, grab a ticket or a VIP ticket, and then you can go out to dinner with the speakers, and we'll be there as well. So without further ado, let's get into today's podcast. What are we talking about, Jordan? Oh, I'm nervous. I've been dreading this moment since last year. You pull out the crystal ball and make some predictions and you got to look back and, and see how accurate you were. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. So one of our most listened to podcast episodes was titled Bold Predictions. And we did this one, I want to say maybe back in March of this year and just said, hey, this is our predictions for 2023. And we're going to, we just reviewed them, reviewed the podcast to see what all we said and see how crazy we might've been for what we said. So we're going to kind of go through those. We're going to go through those and we are going to see how we did. So number one, this one was mine and it is guest fees move to host fees. So the thought there was that Airbnb is all about the guests. You know, they can say that they they love the hosts and all that. And same with Amazon, how they love the sellers. But really, at the end of the day, it's all about you know the the guests, the people that are buying from that platform, not necessarily doing the selling from that platform. So my thought was the 15% that you see that the guest sees, those are just going to kind of get rolled up into the the host fees. And the guests won't even know that there's an additional fee. It'll just be like one cost. So that those have not gone away. So I was wrong. I do think they continue to push to, you know, either reduce fees on the cleaning side, but then they also allow hosts to remove those fees and, and incorporate those into their their own. So I do think it's inevitable. I think it's still just a matter of time before they actually do that. I was just shopping. We're going to Nashville in the the beginning of February. And I did see some hosts when I was looking for for properties. I did see that it was just just the fee for just the rent. There wasn't, you know, Airbnb fees, the fee, you know, it, it actually I think it actually mentioned, hey, the host has decided to pay these fees for you. So I, I think they're going to still move that way. Uh, didn't happen this year. Uh, do I think it'll happen in 2024? I, I think I think it will still. But 
Well, I did think I, I think I saw some chatter. Was it VRBO or Airbnb had raised the listing, like the listing fee per listing to the owners for next year? Did you see that? Yeah, it looked like Verbo. I think it. I think it used to be maybe four or five ninety nine, maybe going up to six ninety nine. So you weren't necessarily wrong. It's happening. They're raising the fees on owners, so they just haven't shifted all of the the guest fees yet. So yeah, yeah. So that one is, I think. So Verbo actually, they do a little bit more on the owner side versus on the uh, the guest side. I think on Verbo, the homeowners actually do pay for that fee. And I'm not sure if the guest, I should know, but I, I, I'm not sure if the guest actually sees it as a fee, but all right, number two. So one, wah, wah, wah. number two, emerging platform. This was Jordan's. He said, there's gonna be a little brother in the mix instead of just Airbnb and Verbo, there's gonna be a new platform coming on board and you're gonna start to see some traction on that. What you got, Jordan? Yeah, I don't know that there's been a, an actual platform that has merged. I was dr- doing a little bit of research before the podcast to just see if, if we could find, if I could find any data that points to a new platform. I know just anecdotally talking to you know some other people in the industry, I, a lot of people are pushing to get more direct bookings and trying to figure it out. So it, it may not be one large platform that, that takes takes off, but I do think that we're still going to continue to see more people trying to avoid the booking fees and, and the the major platforms, the, the extra cost that goes along with booking. But I'm not sure if there's been an actual new start platform. Michigan short-term rentals is is making a play at the, at the to get in the mix for that to try to to help other owners to to get bookings without having to pay a ton of fees. So we did interview recently the people from Furnish Finders. And they're they're they actually they help market properties, but they don't take booking fees. And so there is there is that platform that's actually going after that model. They're not in the short term rental space yet. So it'll be interesting if anyone else comes. You know, basically they're just connecting the the owners and the guests. They're not they're not doing any bookings. So it'll be interesting to see if if there's another platform that's going to target the short term rental space for that, other than Michigan short term rentals. Yeah, and Furnish Finder was around when you uh, you know, and we were were using it when you made the predictions. So, what do you, you give yourself a big, a big, red big fat zero? Well, you know Michigan what? Rentals is doing it. We're we're doing it. So we're maybe we're the little guy. Nope, I'm gonna flip it, dude. I'm gonna give you a, a green check mark. It's gonna be Google Vacation Rentals. Google's making a big push. Again, I can't speak a lot to it because. Based on the platform we use, we use OwnerRes, and they're currently working with Google to be able to push our properties onto Google. So you can go, say, you know, Stevensville Vacation Rental, and then all of a sudden you can book from Google, and I believe it's just from, like, your, your booking page or whatever. But, I mean, just imagine all of a sudden all those fees that we just talked about, whether it's Airbnb or Verbo. I don't know what the fee structure is going to be or how Google's going to get paid for that. Or if it's just like, Hey, because we can advertise, you know, alongside of those somehow that, you know, maybe the fee won't be so high, but once people start catching on, like, Oh wait, this is way cheaper on, you know, Google than it is on Airbnb. And again, Google, you know, is a trusted, you know, resource and I'm sure they'll have, ways to verify the property and all that and you'll still get reviews and you know it shows the map and all that stuff so 
I'm going, I, I think Google's going to be uh, a big player in the space. Again, I actually, I think about it quite often of like, because I've invested in Airbnb a little bit, but what's the impact of that going to be and how much market share can Google actually take from that? And I think, I mean, if anyone can do it, it's going to be Google. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the, the green check mark. I don't know how big Google vacation rentals was earlier in the year, but there's a lot of talk about it right now. And I occasionally do some searches on, I should, I should probably book something, you know, and maybe I can just use that as a R and D expense type stuff, you know? All right. So gotcha. Got, got a win on that one. Uh, I think, I think we'll see that to be a big one going forward. Three, cream rises to the top. This was Jordan. He was playing his, you know, I'm running for politics, kind of wishy-washy. And then I, I jumped in and I said, Southwest Michigan inventory of short-term rentals is going to decrease. And you just had mentioned that, you know, it's going to get more competitive. People are going to step up their game. And the people that don't put their best foot forward are going to, you know, just kind of fall off and, and not do that anymore. So did some research. When we started a couple years ago, we were at like 49 listings in the Stevensville area. Again, I don't have numbers in terms of all of Southwest Michigan. All I have is the, the one area that we, we do quite a bit in. And it was at 49. And then I think after the bold predictions, I looked and it was at like 80 to 90. And now it's currently sitting at 109. So definitely did not decrease, went up maybe another shoot. What is that? Call it 20% over, call it nine months. So I do think, I, I do think it will start to, to come down a little bit. Again, I was talking to a guy that I was looking at the property and I just couldn't figure it out. But he said he was like, 18% occupied, you know, in this market. And I'm like, dude, in what world is that even possible? And I mean, it looked like a pretty sharp listing. I think maybe it was just in a little bit of the wrong location potentially. But again, people are, you know, some of the townships and stuff like that are making some big changes. Stevensville Village actually made a big change. And that was kind of a surprise to us. We hadn't heard anything about it. Now, you just got to remember, like, in Stevensville, and same with New Buffalo, like there's the city, which is a very potentially small part of the, you know, call it Stevensville or New Buffalo market. And then you have a township on the outside of it, which is, has a much bigger space in terms of area that you can operate. So in both of those, you can operate in the township, you know, that surrounds it, but not in the village, which is, is smaller. So I, not sure how big of an impact it is, but obviously anytime you get a downright outright ban, you know, and even in Steve, the village of Stevensville, the certificate doesn't carry forward with the new owner. So basically if people sell their property in the village, it's just going to continue to to decrease there. So. Yeah. And I think the, the comment I made when you when you mentioned that it was going to go down, I think you're going to be right eventually, but I think it's going to take investors be not making money first before they sell and that inventory rate goes down. So I think if I think that prediction will probably hold true for this next year. And I know from from our experience there and people that we talked to, the the demand, I don't know that the demand has gone down, but the supply has gone up enough that um, people aren't aren't making what they were. And when you factor in 
the higher prices and the higher interest rates, the return on investment has gone down substantially compared to what it would have been a couple of years ago at the, at the prices and the rates. So, yeah. And I mean, I guess we could add on to that just a little bit. Like if you're looking for a property, you know, I think one thing we learned about this year was, you know, pools are a big one. So if you can find a place with a pool, those seem to do really well. I mean, hot tubs still, you know, hot tubs are almost the minimum now, but they're still really important. And then again, proximity. So proximity to the beach, proximity to bigger cities, that kind of stuff. Like right now, Stevensville, again, it might go a little bit with the inventory side of things. Stevensville seems a little bit slower, but the surprising thing is, is like, we have our first property that we're managing in New Buffalo. And I mean, that one's just going gangbusters. And it's like, okay, is it because it's closer to closer to Chicago? Is it because it has the new Buffalo name on it? You know, it, it's really hard to say because we've ha we've got some comparable properties and even potentially arguably better, call it design, maybe a little bit further north, but they both have hot tubs. And, you know, the one in New Buffalo just seems to be doing a lot better. So. So yeah, a big womp, womp, womp on number three. Inventory did not decrease, at least from what we've seen. Number four, I'm gonna leave this one to Jordan. It was his call. I don't know if he brought any statistics to it, uh, but explosion of midterm rentals. Yeah, I I, I didn't look at the, at the actual data behind it, but I know just anecdotally from some, from some of the people we network with, their businesses are growing very rapidly with short-term or the midterm rental business. And there's a lot higher demand than there has been historically for, you know, 30 to let's call it 90 days of, uh, of stays. Also anecdotally, the, the, the properties that we're managing, I mean, we've had, I, I think in the last just several weeks, I think we've had five or six new midterm tenants moving in to the properties that we're managing. So that, that demand is consistently there. Tony is fielding fielding calls and inquiries consistently for people looking for those those services. And I, I think the, one of the reasons behind that prediction was that, and, and it remains to be true, if you're just a, a, a long-term investor looking for single or multifamily projects, the numbers just don't make sense right now. It's really hard. You're really You're really banking on appreciation play, not on, you know, cash on cash return or actual income off those properties. And if you flip them to midterm, you can kind of flip that a little bit and actually make some 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 short term cash as the property's appreciating. So yeah, and I I can't remember if it is in that same podcast or if it was in a different podcast, but I'll say it here again. Now, you know, if if you're questioning short term and if you kind of like the idea of midterm, zig when everybody else is zagging right so short-term rentals everybody pulls their midterms off and it's only short-term rentals for peak season you know be the only midterm rental available in may or june and be surprised by the amount you can actually get with like 10% of the work, you know, we have one, I think I've mentioned it a dozen times on this podcast. We have one, it's a, it's a mediocre property. I think, you know, as a long-term rent, it'd probably get 1400 bucks a month. Um, in that, that was available in May and they needed it for two to three months. And it was a insurance claim. 
they're going on they're gonna they're they just signed till the end of march so they're gonna be there for like 10 months paying thirty three hundred dollars midterm it's been super easy like low effort great tenant and yeah i mean so if you think about 10 times 3300 and then usually on midterms the fee is just a little bit less so <clears throat> you know definitely definitely adds to the bottom line there so if you contemplated giving in on the short term you know we're coming up on the the peak season will be in the next six months so making it available as a midterm through the summer and, and see how that does for you so explosion of midterms i don't know man i'm just gonna have to throw that into jordan's i'm a politician bucket no right or wrong in in that one um but i do think it's growing i think a lot more people are talking about it so there's probably more midterm rentals now than there was in terms of explosion not so sure but the last one this jordan said legislation passes and I would say, based off our conversation with Amy that we had about just kind of all things Michigan law in terms of short-term rentals, does not sound like any time, in, in my opinion, and this is just what I gathered from the podcast, I did try to get her to make a prediction. Um, that didn't happen. But my takeaway was like, ah, not anytime soon. Yeah, I got I got my face on that one. So the problem is I put I put trust and faith into politicians. So that was my first mistake. They were they were really close in all in all fairness about 2 years ago, they were very close to passing something and there was a pretty high level of confidence that some legislation was going to be passed. However, after that interview, I I feel the same way. We're we are a long way off from finding resolution through the at the state level at least right now i i think if we're going to make a prediction for next year there there could end up being some case law that ends up determining the viability of these townships actually doing the outright bans so we we may end up getting some legislation just through through what what happens there so there's one particular right now park township where you've got multi-million dollar Lake Michigan type properties and and all other very expensive houses that are close to Lake Michigan that the township just arbitrarily just shut up, shut them down. And, and some of these families, I, I knew actually families who had had places there for 30 or 40 years that they used to rent to supplement the, the cost of ownership and the taxes that they're just shut down. So the the residents in Park Township are suing the township. And so there there could be some resolution of if, if there's some case law that happens, depending on what happens in that case, other townships are gonna take notice and, and have to determine, especially if those those residents win, the, the townships are gonna have to determine how hard and how much money they're willing to fight investing into the, the cost of defending rules like that. So. Yeah, I, I think we're going to see a resolution on that case long before the government actually takes action and, and gets something done. There's just there's there's so many contentious issues. We're in the middle of an election cycle. The the likelihood of actually passing legislation at least this next year, talking 2024, I'd say it's about zero zero percent chance. Yeah, and on that, I would say there's a lot of people that we talk to that. They do short-term rentals, even though it's against the rules, right? Whether it's in Grand Rapids or other areas, like they just don't care that, you know, but imagine how many more people are just not going to care if you have a big, you know, case like this, where people actually went against the township, 
I don't know, are they suing for like monetary, you know, monetary, you know, value or like, are they going to get some kind of settlement? Like, hey, uh, we cost you guys this much money and they're going to do it. Or is it like, hey, they're suing to just make it allowed. But depending on the outcome of that, it's like now imagine they're like, oh, dude, yeah, you can just sue the township. If they try to stop us, we'll just sue the township. Imagine, I would imagine that some of the townships would take notice of that and be like, oh, wow, we got to really question whether we can go after these. So it seems like more people would be less scared to do it, even though it's not allowed. And then the townships might be a little bit more fearful. Not sure exactly how, how that all works and if that's something that would happen. But in my mind, that's kind of how it plays out. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the outcome is. I, I don't know that they're doing, they're suing for any type of monetary damage, but I know for sure they're suing for the, the right to continue to to operate as as rentals. So it does seem like they might, uh, I don't know, whoever their lawyer is obviously would know better, but it does seem like they would have some, you know, potential there for, hey, I mean, it, it cost us a ton of money over you know this period of time so oh i can't even imagine what that price tag would be for some of those properties it would be millions and millions of dollars for sure across the board yeah so those are that's a recap of our bold predictions i think what is that we got one out of one out of five or two out of five that uh were right or at least heading in the right direction but that's okay you know why because it was bold predictions man if we got them all right then they wouldn't be so bold. I know Jordan was trying to take, you know, the easy way and get the easy ones out there, but we made him commit. We made him uh, put his feet in the sand and uh, take a stand on some of these. So, so that's it. And yeah, I think some of them still have a lot of legs going into 2024, but you know, like we said, a couple of them, maybe not so much. So we'll try to that, pick specific measurable predictions next year so that we can have some data to back it up. Yeah, well, I think it's the post post pod, you know, data research follow through that maybe we just have to get better at, you know, obviously you could look at midterms. We did actually run a bunch of midterm stuff, so we could always go back through and, and run those and see where we're at in terms of midterms, but ain't nobody got time for that right now. So other than that, hey, everybody have a happy holidays. Appreciate you guys uh, tuning in and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for checking out today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you get a chance, please go over to your podcast player of choice. Leave us a review. We appreciate those that have already taken the time to do so. It just helps us get discovered by more people in that platform. And if you're not on the email list yet, go over to michigan-shorttermrentals.com. Get on the email list. You're going to see it right there on the homepage. And you're going to get four very valuable emails. One's going to be a list of 650 zip codes where we've already analyzed a address and have projected revenue for that address. So you can kind of filter those and see which one has the best projections out of those 650 zip codes. And then you're going to get a furnishing calculator. So you'll get a number or how much does it cost to furnish a four bed, two bath with a hot tub and a ping pong table. And you can use that to really project out your return on investment there. And then also a property grading tool. So you're going to be able to plug in some information like yard size, number of neighbors, amenities, the cost of the property and the projected revenue. And it's going to kick you out a letter grade. So our properties are letter grade B. So if it's B or an A, it could be a good property to pick up. If it's less than that, you might really want to think about, is it going to be a good property? 
And make sure you connect with Jordan Painter and Tony Stancato on LinkedIn. Send us a connection request there and we'll make sure we accept it. And we'll talk to you later.